Welcome back, everybody, to Edge of the Rabbit Hole. We have a great show coming up for you tonight. Matthew Stapley, Psychic Medium, is back with us. We had a wonderful conversation with him earlier this year. But to remind everybody, uh, give you a little background about Matthew. He's a full sensory, naturally gifted medium. He provides private sessions, media interviews, as well as large audience demonstrations and public speaking on spirit communication, the paranormal and supernatural, as well as spirituality and other inspirational subjects. This evening, we're going to be talking with him about psychic development, mediumship, grief and healing, and his upcoming courses, as well as an event that he has uh, coming up later this week. So Matthew, welcome back. Thank you for having me back, guys. How are you tonight? <laughs> Doing really Good. well. Um, it's uh, no, it's, it's great to touch base with you again. And um, I, I know that uh, you and I haven't had a lot of uh, back and forth personally, but uh, my girlfriend, Nicole, <laughs> has uh, become uh, pretty good friends with you, which is great. So she's always telling me about things going on in your world. And it's like, yeah, Matthew's a great guy. So I always like hearing about you through through Nicole. Well, she's so, awesome. Uh, like she really, <laughs> really, I can see why she's your girlfriend, Mike. She's phenomenal as a human being and very gifted medium. She really is. She yeah, really is. Very much um, so. Thanks. And so, well, what we, one of the things that we want to kick off with you uh, this evening, kind of get right into it, is psychic development. We were chatting a little bit before the show, and you kind of mentioned that, you know, uh, you know, everybody can, you know, develop their abilities and, um, I've always believed that you know everybody has some sort of ability, you know, some way, shape, or form. Some more than others. I think some people are just very naturally gifted and inclined to it. But anybody could potentially work up to some sort of level. So let's let's pick your brain. How do how do people do this? Sure. Yeah, it's a great question, and and I do also believe that everybody can develop psychic and mediumistic ability. Um, the way that I look at it is like we're all in constant conversation with the universe right like every pretty much like every single part of who we are um every cell within our body the spark spark of life within every cell within our body is in conversation with the universe around us at a very subtle energetic level and the only difference between somebody that identifies as a medium or can can do evidential mediumship and things like that or psychic reading um, is that they've figured out how to tune into that conversation and they've also figured out how to intentionally direct it and that's really the only difference um, and so because we are all connected and i think we're all connected at the same degree our our awareness or our conscious awareness of it is what changes and so um yeah if people work towards developing a deeper relationship with the universe, then psychic ability, mediumistic connections, communication is just a natural part of that, of that relationship. Fantastic. Go ahead, Victoria. I think you're dying for a question. I'm throwing it to you immediately. I don't usually do that. That's not fair. I'm not prepared. <laughs> okay. ah. Well, since we spoke last and I was thinking, you know, we haven't spoken in like a year and I went back and looked today and it's only been eight months. I mean, yeah. <laughs> what the hell? Anyway, <laughs> this has been a crazy year and we have a new cat. So, um, <laughs> but I know what I know about you from talking to you last time. And, and since the last show uh -huh. is that you're like a cat magnet. I mean, you could just, <laughs> she is, you could hold catnip and all of a sudden like cats from the you know the arctic starts showing up <laughs> they start swimming across the ocean I, <laughs> I, I, don't even, I don't even need catnip just kidding uh, <laughs> you are catnip no. you are uh, oh geez um yeah somebody threw this kitten away and you know mm, we had to take him in 
and he matched the tuxedo clan so you know what the heck anyway um you have a development no you have a, a class coming up thursday where you're getting in touch with um people who've crossed over is this like grief healing or is this just hey let's talk to grandma and see if she can tell us where she left the cookie recipe or, or wh what are you doing there yeah sure so um so thursday night at 7 p.m eastern time i am doing uh an event it's 25 dollars canadian um and we're gonna do like a guided meditation geared towards healing and realignment and then maybe like some chit chat and then i'm also going to do messages from spirit so yeah it'll be basically seeing who comes through for the people who are watching at some point i may jump into like the webinars chat and read people directly uh, i think it's going to be a lot of fun i've done these events in person many times but this is the first time i'm doing it like this online and i'm very very excited about it now, do you do grief healing also? Because yeah, I mean that's this... that's naturally a part of mediumship, right? Is yeah. is bringing closure to um, situations where people have lost loved ones, or where they feel like they didn't get to say what they needed to say, or hear what they needed to hear a lot of the time. And so, um, a natural sort of purpose of mediumship is to bring in uh, healing for grief and grieving and sometimes even just to navigate the grief mm -hmm. process, which is different for everybody. Yeah. Was, um, I've started reading um, for a friend of mine Monday at her stores oh. and so many people are coming in and it's the same question over and over and over and you don't even really have to read tarot. It's, they're just needing like um, permission. Like for example, this lady came in a couple of weeks ago and She's eight months pregnant. She says, I think my boyfriend's cheating on me. I was like, y you don't need a reading. You know, you can leave if you have a support system. You, you have permission to leave. And she's like, thank you, thank you. So, I mean, are you finding more of that going on? Or is, is um, the world as chaotic as I seem it, to think it is? It, it is chaotic. Are you kidding? It's crazy. And, <laughs> for, and especially for anybody who's energy sensitive as well. Like right now, in, in the last, I'm going to say three years, um, people are noticing huge roller coasters of energy. And a lot of people especially if they're energy sensitive and they're not aware of it, are feeling it or picking it up as like anxiety or this ungroundedness or this like messed upness that, you know, that they can't really describe. Um, and, and it's interesting because I've started tracking that those energy shifts within uh, within the world and across the earth. And um, it, it's, it's very interesting because when I feel the shift coming or when it sort of arrives, um, that's the moment where everyone starts writing me and they're like, oh my God, I don't know what's wrong with me. Something's up. I can't put my finger on it. And I think more and more people are awakening to their own sensitivity, their own abilities. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, to answer your question, the world has been um, crazy <laughs> at a, at a subtle energetic psychic level, more and more people are picking up on it. But I do think you're right. People sometimes just need permission to do what's right for them. And that it's, it's, it's heartbreaking actually that people feel so confined, um, within their path and they feel like they just can't, um, like whatever choice they make wouldn't be the right one, even when it is the right one. And and there's often a blurred line between the right thing and the easy thing, because oftentimes, as you know, the the right path, the right move isn't often the easy one. It's usually the harder path, right. um, at least in the beginning for any kind of transition or change. So I, um, I think based on the world energy, all the things that have been happening, the sensitizing of everybody, um, and then, you know, everything else, it is putting people into a state of flux, but also a feeling of constriction. And that is very challenging for people across the world right now. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you this. If the world is becoming 
more energized, if people are becoming more sensitive to that energy, what can people do about that? You know, we, we briefly talked at the very beginning about, you know, people have, you know, the ability to be able to tap into this. So what can, what can one do? That's a really good question. And you know, it, it's, it comes down to resonance really. So for example, I'll give you an example. That's like a very classic psychic example. If somebody, let's say when they were eight years old, they lost their dog and it hit them at an emotional level. And it was something that they kind of um, held within themselves, even into adulthood. If they were psychically sensitive and they were going to do a reading for somebody and that person has lo had lost a dog as a child and it had affected them ever since, those two points within the psychic and the participant of the reading would begin to resonate. And the psychic may pick that up as the first and strongest impression that they have because there's a commonality, there's reference points and resonance. Now, with the world's energy being in flux um, and, and s at such a profound level, everybody's issues, everybody's um, difficulties are being pinged, they're being triggered at very real, very tangible levels. Um, and, and so the best way to sort of navigate or get into a better space with feeling everything and being oversensitive is to actually do the healing work on yourself. Because as soon as you've healed something, that will no longer ping it the same way, right? So it will not be able to trigger it in the same way. So the when we heal ourselves, what we can resonate be with begins to shift. Our reference points change and we do not feel so overwhelmed by the energy around us. It's yeah. not easy. Are, <laughs> yeah. Are there, are there exercises somebody can do for that or? Yeah. I, I guess we got to look for like some nuts and bolts tips and tricks. Here. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. We can totally talk about that. So, I mean, I think like where I would recommend people start with that would be um, to kind of take a personal inventory, take an inventory of the way that they're feeling, make very specific notes about what bothers them, what triggers them, what uh, makes them fly off the handle, what makes them feel overwhelmed or anxious. And when they make those specific notes, that will be like a, a map for them, right? That will be a map of their resonance um, reference points. And so what they can do is start working on healing each of those issues or each of those things. And a lot of the times, um, something that has become such a big trigger in adulthood actually is a very simple root in childhood. And so if they can go back either through psychotherapy, meditation, just, you know, prayer work, whatever they're drawn to, to heal it, um, it can really begin to shift that. I will say that when people begin doing foundational shadow work, um, like that, it can be intense at first. And so I always recommend that if people are going to do that kind of work on themselves, that they either really know themselves well or have somebody who knows a lot about shadow work kind of guiding their path a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's interesting you bring up shadow work because it's a question that I get because I deal with you know, different shadows yeah. when we're talking you know, about <laughs> shadow entities and shadow phenomena, stuff like that. But I will get the question, um, are, you, are you talking about shadow work? So... I, so very briefly, for those that don't understand what shadow work is, can you briefly uh, kind of define that for us, please? Yeah, absolutely. So shadow work is um, working within the unconscious or subconscious self. So we all have a light side. We all have a shadow side. The shadow shadow work can be can be sort of 
in a very basic explanation can be about healing the things that lurk below the surface. Things that are in the unconscious and subconscious are drivers of our beliefs, thoughts, actions, and, and all of that. And so what shadow work is, is sort of going into the closet, having tea with your skeletons, getting to know how they came to be in your path, how they came to be within you, and how they contribute to your thoughts, beliefs, and actions. And it's not easy. It would be um, similar to trauma work, or it would be similar to, uh, you know, healing traumatic experiences. And, and even though not all people um, will find trauma in their shadow, they can find similar things uh, within themselves. So it's really about going in and, and healing some of those things. Um, and, and it's very important, especially at this time in our evolution as a society, that people begin to look at what makes them uncomfortable about themselves. Yeah, that's I really like how you put that. Have tea with your your skeletons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Victoria. No, no, uh, yeah, we call it the dark night of the soul, and it's really <laughs> difficult and it's really uncomfortable to deal with that and work with that. And I've no started noticing some things, and I was wondering if you've noticed them also. That when you actually do, um, I don't want to say heal your shadows, when you address your shadows mm -hmm. and tell them to buzz off, you know, go away, um, and you know how to work with them. And you've gotten over the trauma, I guess, mm. and you're standing true in your light. Do you have you noticed that people come to you um, for that same kind of healing? For example, like we just had massive layoffs at work and I have dealt with why that would scare me and why that would you know make me frightened. And mm. so I was just like, you know, la 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 la. Hey, we're going to lose our jobs. And then people are like, oh, my God, we're going to lose our jobs. You know, <laughs> and so they would come to me and I would reassure them and, you know, comfort them kind of and they could move forward and they're not so traumatized. Yeah, and, and, and actually, yeah, and I think the universe will bring people um, to whoever can help them. So if somebody's been through something or even is going through something and navigating it very well, um, I think it's very common that the universe will begin sending people um, who require that help or that expertise or that guidance, you know? And I think with shadow work, it's a tough one because we can't get into someone's closet with them necessarily. And even if we can, um, is it helpful to do that? I think the best kind of healing when, when you're guiding somebody through a shadow work journey is to be like outside the closet with maybe like, I don't know, like a <laughs> life, a lifesaver that you can throw in if it gets too heavy. Um, because it is something that people have to, to understand a, a large part of shadow work is looking in the mirror. And I'm not talking about you know, the bathroom mirror, I'm talking about the cosmic mirror, the one that shows you for everything that you are, all the things you love and all the things you don't. Um, and there's a lot of fear in stepping in front of that mirror to have that really honest look and conversation with yourself. It's it's brutally hard, um, but it does get easier over time. When people become comfortable with vulnerability, um, their shadow work becomes easier because the other aspect of shadow work that's really hard um, is the ego death component of it. And that's something mm -hmm. that a lot of people struggle with. The ego death. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> no, it's just it's it's an interesting concept because it, you know it's it's based in some different Jungian principles and um and and yeah I'll get that uh, question thrown my way sometimes when I'm out there talking about other other things the shadow phenomena so yeah. um so I appreciate you uh, bringing that up we have a question here from Sarah Yusuf sure. specifically on that uh, do you know any good books on uh, on shadow work. There are so many books on shadow work. Um, one that I'm going to recommend because it's, I think it's a phenomenal one. And it's not, it, it's about shadow work, but not exclusively. And it's called The Dark Side of the Light Chasers. And it's by, um, 
Oh my gosh, I'm blanking. I want to call her Debbie Ford or Betty Ford. It's Ford. Last Ford. De- Debbie. Debbie Ford. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, yes, yeah Betty Ford would be the uh, the rehab <laughs> clinic, <laughs> right? Oh, we have oh, our own shadows, oh, which you're you're doing other shadow work there, so you know, hundred percent. Yeah, I, I always mess those up, and then I like turn red right after. <laughs> um, <but> yeah, <laughs> no, Betty doesn't yeah. mind. <laughs> no, I'm sure Debbie Ford. Um, yeah, and and what I like about her work is she addresses something really important, especially when it comes to the spiritual community. Because as, as you know, for forever in the spiritual community, everything was about positivity and being happy and, you know, don't think the negative thoughts, don't be angry, don't live, be sterilized and <laughs> joyful. Um, and all those lives. <laughs> to- like the spiritual community for about 30 years was the Stepford Wives situation, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, and so her look at it was interesting because what she noticed um, and really brought into light was that these people could be very happy and they could be Zen on a mountaintop and smelling like kale and weed all the time and super grinned out. And then something small wouldn't go their way and they'd completely explode. Right. And so she was the one that really looked at, okay, these people are suppressing all of their anger, their pain, their frustration, and they're painting themselves with this super positive attitude. And then, you know, they stub their toe or their car breaks down or somebody's late for a meeting. Um, and then it just throws them off the handle and all of that suppressed anger comes to the surface. And so, you know, when we're talking about shadow work and in healing the shadow and looking at our past experiences and, and going through our subconscious, um, that's um, a big reason of why is because um, when people have a heavy shadow or a lot of skeletons in their closet, they end up being incredibly volatile and very reactive. Um, and, and a good note that actually is a blessing triggers show us what we need to work on. Right. So it's kind of part of that sort of, um, self inventory that I was talking about earlier. Yeah. Uh, I know last time we talked about the Akashic records and mm. I did mine, I don't know, a few years ago and there was a recurring theme, um, through every lifetime. And now that, um, it was basically a control issue. Like, why can't you be like me? You know, mm. like, why can't you? you know, turn the light off when you leave the room, you know, and once I got over that, yeah, I'm really not angry anymore. I mean, yeah, I'll get mad, but it's not like it used to be. So you're right. Just addressing it. And now that you see what the issue is now, I accept people for who they are, you know, for whom they are. If you're going to leave the light on, then you're just going to leave the light on. Okay. I'm not going to go down your throat (laughs) about that. Yeah, for sure. And and I think that that's really, really important. You know, um, I think another part of it that makes it hard for people to do that kind of work as well is the permission to feel upset, the permission mm-hmm. to get angry when something should make them angry or to the permission to feel sad when something should make them sad. And I think a big part of why um, it's so many people are so shadow heavy is because we don't really live in a society that allows for emotional processing. You know, our society mm-hmm. is built on, on efficiency and and efficiency is not warm and cuddly and emotional. It's cold and calculated. And it's about how much we can do it in a small amount of time. And, you know, unfortunately, with healing, it takes its own path. It needs time. Things need to unfold. You cannot push through it, um, you know, in a way where you're overriding the natural time that it takes. And I think all of those things coupled together is what has led people to be very shadow heavy right now. Um, but I also think that it, I think it's what... Um, yeah, makes acceptance hard and, and all of these things more challenging for people. 
Well, it's hard to look at yourself and realize that you're not all love and light, you know. Oh, yeah. Like, that you have some darky milk chocolate parts of your personality, too. Yeah, and maybe some, like, 80% cocoa, <laughs> depending <laughs> on the day, or the length of the traffic jam. Like, yeah, you know. like, oh, okay. Yeah. So would, would you recommend somebody work through all of this first before diving into psychic development, or is this all a part of psychic development? I don't think that they have to, no, I don't think that they have to work through it all first. And the reason I say that is it's a constant process. I mean, at, at no point will somebody say, okay, I am completely healed as a person until they're dead and then they're fine. Well, but, yeah. <laughs> but between, between now and then, um, you know, I'm finally I, I, good. I, Bye, everybody. <laughs> see ya. Great time. Thanks for coming out. Yeah. No, I, I think that um, I think that it's an unreasonable expectation that anybody would become fully healed and then can go off and do their things. Um, I think what's important um, in terms of somebody's emotional health and well-being if they're approaching psychic development is just to make sure that they're at a, a, a somewhat calm-esque place in their life, or at least in the days that they're, they're practicing development. Um, I don't think that they need to be healed first in order to do that. I think, if anything, maybe it would help bring healing to them because they become uh, more energetically aware of what's going on within them. Because a huge part of psychic development, at least when I teach it, is self-awareness and being able to know what is your energy, what's going on within you um, versus your environment or the spirit world or whatever. Okay. Mm -hmm. Where where'd you recommend somebody start? So, I mean, should it be meditation? Can we start playing with tarot? I mean, yeah, just for like the very beginner, I'm interested in developing this. Where should sure. we begin? It really depends on what you're drawn to. So some people are drawn to crystals. Some people are drawn to tarot. Yeah. Some people are just drawn to going with their own intuition or gut feeling. There isn't really a wrong way to develop um, in terms of your ability. Um, I would say the big things are to make sure that you have people that you don't know to practice on because you're going to want to be able to bring through um, you're going to want to be able to bring through evidential information about things you couldn't possibly know right in order to sort of validate your ability as you're developing so that's important um, I think meditation is great um, a, a one that seems to really um, amp up people's ability a whole lot and their sensitivity is like energy healing um, and, and oftentimes psychic psychic reading and mediumship reading is seen as seen as very different from energy healing but the thing is they're actually very very connected and especially mediumship and energy healing very connected um and so that's a really good place to start uh, if people want to take classes they absolutely can i don't think it's 100 percent necessary depending on the person um some people just it shows up sort of naturally and they begin working with it, you know, with friends, family, and then people that they don't know. And it sort of naturally develops. But for people who are, you know, unsure, they just want some reassurance, a development class can be a great place to do that. And there's tons. I mean, there's a bajillion development teachers around the world. So you just want to go to who you feel drawn to, whoever that happens to be. Well, and you do some of those classes, correct? Or they're coming oh. up. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually in the <laughs> middle of, of when I, I have a, um, a development class ongoing right now it's online it's um it's sold out it's sold out very quickly uh which was a blessing and i'm really proud of my students right now even uh we're going into week three and even from week one to week to the second week i've seen a big jump in some of their comfort level but also some of their the skills are developing i mean it's going at like lightning speed it's super cool it's interesting you said you're in week three 
Mm. It's been three weeks since the uh, full moon in Aries, which was supposed to be the beginning, and everything's going to be accelerated from um, that last full moon to the end of this year. So this is like perfect timing. I think so. And that makes (laughs) sense now because I'm not an astrologer, but I love astrology. Um, And yeah, that makes sense. And because it is, they are moving fairly quickly. I'm I'm actually really impressed. Yeah. Um, you had posted something, I'm sorry, um, yesterday on, on your Facebook page, or I saw it when I was scrolling by or something, and it was something about watch out for the energy shift. It's about to two by four you in the face or something. Yeah. Um, and I couldn't get out of bed today, and I was really tired. I'm like, oh, wait, Matthew said I could sleep in. So I slept in <laughs> because, I like because that it's Matthew coming. Said I sleep in. <laughs> Snooze. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I found I that did. comforting. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I posted a, a picture of um, the ruby red slippers from Wizard of Oz, yes. and it said, "There's no place like emotional stability. There's no place like emotional stability." Oh <laughs> it was oh funny, God. but that's true because there's supposed to be a huge acceleration starting this coming Thursday, going through November nineteenth. So watch yeah. out, sleep in. It is going to be intense. It mm-hmm. is. Yeah, absolutely. go to bed early. Go to bed early, Mike. <laughs> Me? Go to bed early? Yeah. So yeah. I have a question here from our uh, chat our chat You're moderator, right. Alina. She says, I was told by a psychic medium I am a sensitive empath, but I don't fully understand what that term really means specifically for me. Does it mean that I'm able to sense spirits and read energy? I've been having experiences, including seeing different kinds of shadow people since I was as young as three years old, and they happen on and off. Other times I have strong and strange visions that I don't feel are normal dreams. I'm still learning. Well, um, so a sensitive and an empath. So sensitive is like an umbrella term, right? So anybody who mm-hmm. is psychic, mediumistic, um, empathic, highly sensitive person, they're all considered sensitives. Um, and then an empath is somebody who can feel the emotions or sometimes even physical experiences of, of other people, whether they're people in their immediate environment or whether they're people down the street. Like, um, and an example of somebody who's an empath versus a highly sensitive person, a highly sensitive person would go into a shopping mall, feel overwhelmed, feel drained, feel all of that and want to go home. An empath could be sitting at home having a really relaxing evening with you know one of Victoria's signature cocktails and it's a diet coke it's a diet (laughs) (laughs) but it's a fancy one um it's in the pretty glass (laughs) it is so they could be sitting at home just chilling out watching tv and all of a sudden go into some crazy panic attack and unbeknownst to them somebody like two doors down is having a panic attack so they're picking up on that intensity um another example uh, from, from a very global level was a lot of empaths um, began getting heart palpitations in the last six months. At this, And that started around the same time or just before a lot of people were talking about myocarditis um, happening um, with COVID. So that would be an example of empathy. So highly sensitive people and empaths are a little bit different. An empath will pick up very much in a first person sort of way an experience of somebody else. Um, that would be my, my answer. So cats help buffer that, right? I mean, in general, like cats will help them. <laughs> I yeah. just tape them to you. <laughs> tape half, them to you. Half the time they are, they're just like, they're, you know. just surround yourself with them, Victoria. I mean, it, it's, you don't ever get any there. So you just have to go out and find them and bring them to you. <laughs> like, walk out your door. You'll be surrounded. Um, yeah, so it happens to her. Oh, she'll, I know. Walk, she'll open her door and they're there. 
Yeah, she she sent me videos and pictures. Of that. <laughs> I <Very> did. <good. laughs> um, I would say uh, animals. Yes, I mean animals are are natural healers or natural transmuters. So uh, get more get more cats <laughs> for sure. It's it's really weird you said that, and I will try and say this without crying. But um, nope, not gonna happen. Um, my dad died while I was at work, so I came home. I sat down, and all the cats. One sat on my head <laughs> and you know, I didn't even say anything. And they're just like, ah. one's on my head, two are on my shoulders, two are on my hips. You know, I'm like, Oh, geez. <laughs> but, um, how do they know? I mean, Oh, they just know. Are you kidding? Cats have been <laughs> revered spiritually. They're feeling the energy, right? Yeah. Cause my... they're felines. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That was really good. Um, well, even like Mike, Mike went to Egypt in the last yes. year That's right. and you would have noticed in Egypt probably a lot of cat type themes and artifacts and um, cats oh, were, were temple guardians for a reason. Um, you know, they, they have um, a very strong connection to both worlds and um, animals in general, I think do. And, and animals do heal, uh, bring healing to people. And I think they just know because they're sensitive the same way that a, a psychic person would know or a highly sensitive person would know. Okay. And the flip side of that, um, and this one I won't cry about. Um, so many of my friends and Sunday night, um, a friend's dog passed. She had just taken him to the vet and he found out she had a, he had a heart tumor. And then um, she took him back the next day and he died. But all my friends' dogs are dying. Does that mean we don't need that type of healing anymore? Or have we just used them up and they're like, I give, I can't take anymore? Um, I don't, I don't know. I honestly don't think so. I think that we all like all, all life has a purpose, right? And we don't have to know what our purpose is to be living it. In fact, I think most people walk around living their purpose fully and have no idea that they're doing it. Um, I think animals are very much the same way. So I don't know that like we use them up or, or anything like that. Or we, we break them. Um, I don't, I don't think so. Um, I think well, if anything, nine lives. <laughs> that's why cats have nine lives. No. I, I think yeah. I think if anything, I mean, it's just like all of us. I mean, there have been healers on the planet since the dawn of time and they die not because the work is done, but because their work is done. Okay. Um, you know, so, yeah, I'm not sure. It's a good question. I don't really have an answer. OK, next time. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll meditate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jake the medium tree and hope answers fall out. <laughs> no, there you go. <laughs> Wait, is that how it works? Yeah. <laughs> just go outside, shake the tree. Yeah, we just get pecans. That's an acorns. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's all we get. And there's a squirrel. There is a huge squirrel, and he's building a nest on our, our deck back here. So we're not going to move him. In oh, honor awesome. of you, in honor of you, Matthew. Um, so I can send pictures this winter. <laughs> Thank you. You know me and my squirrels and my yeah. blue jays and blue jays. Chipmunk. Yeah. Oh yeah, we got a bunch of them out here too, and it's wonderful because they just there's this whole huge congregation of animal activity and right in our backyard love it well i think animals do kind of um i'm sorry not to keep on the animal track um they do kind of you know say hey i want you because we have like all it's like a cat carnival over here you know and they run and they jump on your head and they bounce off your shoulder and we're thinking hey whatever we're just one of the kids and then i had a friend come in and they're like crap and they all ran and it's like what but he's not okay you know, <laughs> but he's not one of the pack. So I, I think they take certain people or they yeah. adopt certain people. Anyway. Oh, I think so too. And I, and I, yeah, I've noticed the same thing with, with, yeah, 
animals that have come into my life to be pets, ones that I call pets that are really wild that come and hang out with me all day. <laughs> I think they definitely do. I think they definitely do um, choose us in, in a sense. Yes. Yeah, because you'll get animals that come right up to you, Matthew. Oh, he's yeah. got some great pictures. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like if I walk walk outside in the morning, there will be like crows that all of a sudden start flying in and landing beside me. And if I put my hand out with a peanut in it, a blue jays will come and sit in my hand. And then at the same time, squirrels are, you know, like it's like an Alfred Hitchcock. If Alfred Hitchcock <laughs> and Disney had a baby, that's kind of probably right. what it would look. It's, it's a little snow white for sure. But I think one, one morning it was it was so many birds flying at me that it freaked me out. Like I was like, okay, this is, a, this is the makings of a horror movie, but they're so sweet. And they're so, one of them brought me a present on my birthday. I couldn't believe Aww. it. Oh, that's yeah. nice. They sweet. brought me a bone. Oh, <laughs> no, that's cool though. That, that's that means good. something. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, it was, a, it was a group of crows and they, they came over, they had a bone. One of them had a bone. It looked at me, dropped the bone, grabbed its breakfast and flew away. And crows are, Crows and corvids in general are known to do that. One time, um, the the blue jays attacked my roommate because she was oh, yeah. crouched behind a bush trying to take a picture of me with them. And they saw her as a threat to me. And so they went and they just attacked her. With oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy. Oh, and then they started bringing me peanuts. It was the weirdest, coolest thing ever. Do you, do you put like peanut butter after shave on or something? And no. Attract a, okay. <laughs> Good idea, though. Right. Maybe. <laughs> you should do a, a pet development psychic class. It, it would be cool. There you go. I just have honestly, like, I can communicate with animals and wild animals, especially. I don't know how I do it, um, so I can't really teach it. But it is something that that I feel is a is a big blessing for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing because you know we try to interact with our animals out here. We get a lot of them that come up, but you get them right in your hand, which oh, is yeah. just They'll phenomenal. Sit in my lap. Yeah. Yeah. So we have some other questions here from the chat. Yeah, I do want to get to a couple of these. Yeah. So from peeling the traumas way, is there such a thing as an intuitive counselor of a sort? I ask because I've considered myself as sensitive in that sense, but now that I'm working in therapy and feel as though I'm intuitively guided. Yeah, there totally is. And, and I actually have two friends who are psychotherapists that um, they're, they're mediums and they're super psychic and they just don't tell anybody, but that's a big part of how they do what they do. They then probably what makes them good at what they do. So yeah, absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. I think the only, the only hard part, at least here in Canada is licensing. <laughs> so yeah. either you can be a psychotherapist or an intuitive, you can't really combine them here legally. Um, but, but yeah, I think, I think in fact, most therapists or counselors are probably very psychic or very intuitive. You'd have to be, yeah. Uh, from Brenda Bown, what is your opinion on those who suffer from anxiety because of their awakening and are taking prescriptions under a medical doctor's care? Could that affect the status of their psychic development? That's a really interesting question, and it's one that I've gotten a lot over the years. Like, is it psychic or is it psychiatric, right? Um, yeah. And, and it can be both. I mean, anything that makes your life unmanageable can become an illness. Um, and you could be like the greatest psychic medium on the planet. If it makes your life unmanageable, then it becomes an illness. And so illnesses need to be treated. Um, now, would, would psychotropic medication, for example, stunt psychic ability? Not necessarily. I don't think it has to. Um, I actually had 
done some really good looking into this over the years because it's a question that I've been asked a million times. Um, and the only medication that seems to kind of make it harder for people to tune in sometimes is is um, like antipsychotic medication. And I think it's I think the reason why is it sort of like uh, dampens the imagination a little bit. And the imagination is the seat of all of the clear abilities, right? When we're talking about seeing things, it's within our mind's eye or hearing things, it's within our mind's ear when we're working with mediumship and psychic ability. And so um, certain types of medication can dampen that. Will it take it away? No. Are there workarounds or ways around it? Absolutely. Um, but I don't think that anybody should stop taking medication um, because they're worried about stunting their their psychic growth or their development or their ascension or whatever. I mean, we all have something, right? And, and, and uh, our health and our well-being is vital to our spiritual development. People. Right. It, and you can't really give medical advice anyway. No, so. <laughs> no. Yeah. But even if I, even if I could, I, I can't, You're right. that would be, yeah. Good advice. Like, no, throw your pills off a bridge. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be fine. No, I, I don't think so. I think it's important yeah. that people follow their doctor's advice. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and you know, it's, it's something that, you know, being involved with the paranormal community that, uh, that, that we kind of battled because, you know, for years and years and years, people would report, you know, seeing ghosts or apparitions or hearing voices and all that. And, yeah. and people would pawn it off as, you know, you're, you're crazy. They're you know, literally people would be put in a straight jacket and, you know, tossed into an insane asylum, which is really sad. So, um, I think that's opening up a little bit more these days, but there's still a large amount of people that will say, you know, no, you're, you're crazy because you're, you're saying you're seeing or experiencing these different things or hearing these different things. You must, you must be schizophrenic where a lot of people are, they are legitimately experiencing these things. Oh, totally. I mean, the amount of people that have left the psych ward and ended up in my office is a lot. I've had, um, three, three, one psychologist, two psychotherapists and a psychiatrist who have sent me people fairly regularly over the years. And they would, you know, call me and they'd say, you know, I have a patient or a client or whatever. Um, and they think they're crazy and I think they're like you. And so mm -hmm. can I somehow under the wire, uh, refer them to you? Um, and it was, it was very cool. It was a very cool experience. Um, so there are, are even therapists out there and stuff that are aware of it. They just have to be careful in talking about it. You know, I just thought of something when you said that, Mike, um, people were like locked up and thrown in asylums. Do you think sure. that could be one reason why asylums or old asylums are so haunted? Um, there's a lot of reasons. I mean, you've sure you have some of that, but you've had you have a lot of tragedy in there as well. I mean, you know, people died within there was a lot of violence, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of poor living conditions. So there's a variety of different reasons as to why those places are so haunted. I mean, even, mm -hmm. you know, aside from the paranormal, uh, there are there are ghosts that haunt that place from, you know, in other means with just the terrible conditions there. So, hmm, okay. Yeah. That's a cool question though. I was thinking, yeah, that is a good question. A concentrated plethora of people who were seeing things. I mean, you know, that's got to bring some sort of energy to the game. Yeah. Well, I, I think that it could charge up the space for sure. But I also, I mean, where there's, where there's trauma and traumatic deaths, there's energy fragmentation oh, and yeah. energy fragmentation um, is what's responsible for a lot of hauntings. Um, and, and yeah, I think Mike's right. I think it's a, a big part of it is the tragedy that happens within those mm -hmm. places. And they're all made out of limestone. 
go figure. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of them are for sure. I know. (laughs) So, um, so what about, since we kind of went down to the, uh, the line of paranormal activity, Mm -hmm. there are, you you hear about these cases that are, um, a lot of times get chalked up to, uh, poltergeist like activity but you know basically you know i'll just you know use an example of a, of a case that we had with a young adolescent girl who they thought the house was haunted but it was really a lot of her you know natural abilities that were you know starting to come to fruition and it was really like her abilities were acting out within the house yeah uh, and, and so we called we call that poltergeist type activity so uh what's your opinion on what's going on there yeah so i've been a consulting medium for four or five paranormal teams across the country. Okay. Um, they usually they'll call me when they get something that they can't figure out, right? Because they can do remote viewing and, and things like that. Um, and being an evidential medium, I can bring through, you know, details of, of places. Um, and so they would call me when they would get really messed up things. And one of the things that I noticed that was a very common thing was that most of the hauntings, especially if it was in a home, one or more of the family members were gifted or sensitive in some way. And some people just have the natural ability um, to do something, not full on physical mediumship, but where things can manifest physically within their energy field. Um, And so people that have that capability, they could go into a house that's barely haunted and it will become haunted for the time that they're there. Um, so yeah, it is something that I've seen a lot of times is the idea of the person is the haunt is haunted, not the house. Um, right. and that, yeah, it's actually very common, very common. Yeah. Uh, question here from Sarah Youssef, uh, Matthew, have you had any experience with psychic imprinting? Hmm. I think that I would, I think I would need her definition of psychic imprinting that one of the hard things in our field is that, um, the, there are, um, different people define things differently sometimes. So if she's still there and and she can throw a definition out, I would be happy to answer. All right, sir. Definition. Cough it up. So it's not like, (laughs) like, uh, Jacob imprinted on Bella and twilight, right? Oh, geez. (laughs) That's the only imprinting I know. Probably not. I'm always yours, Bella. (laughs) I mean, it could be looking at something like psychometry, right? Where you're picking up an object that's been imprinted on. Right. It could be imprinting as in overshadowing, which is where a medium becomes almost taken over by the spirit. Um, so there's like a lot of things that psychic imprinting could be. Um, so to answer it properly and honestly, it's just important to know exactly what definition she might be working with. Yeah, and I've seen the uh, the psychometry, you know, work with, uh, um, you know, one of my first, uh, it was actually the first paranormal investigation I had had no idea it was a paranormal investigation at the time but uh, the friend that I was with he put his hand flat to the wall and all of a sudden he turned this bright bright red and started sweating profusely I'd never seen anything like that before Mm. Uh, but that would be uh, psychometry correct yeah that would be psychometry psychometry is basically tactile psychic abilities so somebody picks up an object or touches a person and they become flooded or overwhelmed with with impressions yeah, and that's okay. what Sarah's referring to, psychometry. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah, no, that's something that... Uh, so there was an entire period of my life where I didn't want to touch anything because <laughs> it oh, was geez. happening constantly. <laughs> yeah, and I get a lot with people 
Um, and I'm like a pretty huggy kind of person, right? Like I'm a pretty affectionate person. Uh, but I, I definitely hold my breath sometimes <laughs> for a second because I know that I'm going to feel that person pretty intensely sometimes even, um, or objects as well, crystals, things like that. Basically anything that's not plastic. <laughs> oh, okay. So how would you, um, how would you go about, I guess, you know, reining that in so that it's not like every person or object you're touching is, you know, yeah, causing it, you panic or whatever. Yeah, it, it took a while. Um, for me, I just had to learn how to turn it off, right? And 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 it took time. Um, when people are natural born mediums, their challenge is usually how do I turn this off? Uh, when mm-hmm. somebody is a developing medium, they're usually trying to turn it on, and so it's it can be challenging. So a good chunk of my younger years were how do I turn this off? How can I, you know, not feel everything everywhere I go? Um, and, and it's just practice. It's, it's learning how to disconnect and, and create a separation. You've... What about, uh, sorry, Victoria, no, um, because okay. <laughs> you, you, you brought up that interesting dichotomy of, you know, uh, natural born, uh, psychics and mediums, you know, are kind of looking to turn things off where, you know, ones that are developing are wanting to turn things on. Yeah. Uh, over the years, I've heard a lot of um, you know, psychic mediums tell people who, you know, who say comments like, oh, I, you know, wish I had the abilities that, that you had. But I've heard that warning too: be careful what you ask for. So since we are talking about psychic development, where, how does that play into the, you know, the be careful what you ask for aspect? Yeah, sure. So, it, I mean, it can be a very intense ability. It can be a very intense gift to have. Um, and I think to be careful what you ask for is when you open that door, um, it can be closed, but it's very hard to close it again. I mean, to fully get rid of whatever you've developed. It's hard because development, in a sense, is is like rewiring, right? It's learning to think a different way. It's learning to use your brain in a different way. So once you've learn how to do that, it can be very challenging to try to turn it off again. Um, so that's usually what that warning is about. And and sometimes if people try to develop too quickly, um, they end up burning out and they get psychic burnout or they get, you know, super overwhelmed um, and, and they feel ungrounded and anxious a lot until they kind of come back down. So there's like a lot of reasons that people need to approach it cautiously in an informed way for sure. Okay, now, Victoria? Oh, well, two things. I think y'all manifested something because something just hit me under the table and went crashed behind me. So oh. it could it could have been a cat, too, but I thought they were all put up. Um, <laughs> it scared the jeebies out of me. Um, so, okay, I'm trying to work on my channeling. And since my dad has died, he comes in all the time. And so finally I had to scream. Yeah, I screamed his name. And I was like, just stop. Is it as simple as that, just addressing... Yeah. I Someone mean, it, by their name. I mean. Yeah, <laughs> it, it totally can be. I mean, when people feel overwhelmed by spirit, I, my advice is always like, tell them to come back between 9 a.m. <laughs> and 5 p.m. <laughs> that sets up hours for them, right? Yeah, and, and it, it is funny, but it also does work. Another one is when people, and this wouldn't wouldn't be the case for you, Victoria, but when, when people feel spirits that are random coming up, not people that they know, mm-hmm. um, I recommend saying like, hey, I can't go door to door to figure out who you belong to. So if you want a message to come through, you're going to have to bring your loved one to me. Um, and it's I, I've got some freaky stories of how that's happened. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, it was, it was specific for a person, but it was my dad and it is a cat. I just felt him down here. So <laughs> <It's> <laughs> yeah. Toby. The, the cats are drawn to the energy. See, we were, we were talking about that a little bit ago. 
It's not there my cat. Go. He is my life partner. I, I've accepted it. Um, we had a civil <laughs> ceremony. <laughs> I didn't get a ring still, but you know, it's okay. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's yeah. cute. I get a, I do get an avocado wedge every morning by my door. Oh, huh? <laughs> oh so you give him a gift. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah, beautiful. It's a cat toy. But anyway, That's yeah. Okay. okay. Well, I didn't know it's as easy as saying, okay, Joe Smith, you, you stick. Because I told him, you know, ah, talking to you this year, you just go away. I got too much going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, really, for real. All, all you have to really do is just put up a, a boundary or a barrier. Um, and, and it's a challenging, it's a challenging thing at first because you have to be firm about it. You can't be like, please go away. And then, oh my God, I hope this works. You have to know, <laughs> you have to know, like you are putting your foot down. Yeah, it was it was not a Hershey's cocoa moment, you know. It was, I'm in traffic moment. You know? <laughs> yeah. Stop. <laughs> okay. Good. <laughs> Any other secrets like that you want to share with the class? Um, or do oh, you, or do you share with your class when you? Have oh yeah, class? no. When I, when I teach classes, it's like anything that I know how to do that's going to help people. I'm happy to share it always. Um, I mean, I think that's. I think that's what they're paying me for, right? That's why they're coming to classes to learn. And, and so I don't hold anything back. That's so for sure. Is it um, a Zoom type or do they actually go there? Can no, it's this? Zoom. Yeah, it's oh, Zoom. Okay. I've got students from, uh, I think in this class, mostly North America. Um, I don't think there's anybody from overseas in this one. But yeah, people can... Um, yeah, people can come in from from anywhere as long as they can figure it out in their time zone to make it work <laughs> for them. They're welcome. Oh, that's and cool. What are the classes that you have coming up? Because you're writing some things now. You have the event on Thursday, but you're gearing up for some other courses coming up here soon too. Yeah, I do. So um, they're going to be announced in December, but I've got another like hands-on six-week development class coming up starting in January. Details still to come. Uh, that one is, is the one I'm really excited about teaching. That's the one where I see people do very well, you know, and, and I used to teach that one in person. I taught it for two years every Wednesday and there was like a core group of 10 or 15 students that came every Wednesday for two years. And, and a lot of them at the beginning, when they walked in the door, they were like, I just know I want to try this. I've never done anything like this before. And at the end of the development class, they either were working professionally doing mediumship and psychic reading, or they were at the caliber where they could have been. Um, and so, yeah. So anyone who wants to do that can can come and enjoy. And it, and I always make sure that people of every level will learn within one class. I'm, I'm a big hands-on person. The learning is in the doing. So we my nice. job is to, to show people this is how you're connected. This is for you specifically how you're already connected. And this is how you can, you can intentionalize it. Very cool. So let me ask you this. If you're doing all these uh, amazing courses and classes and uh, teaching others, mm how to become their own medium and be able to communicate with spirit. Um, does that kind of put you out of a job from people hiring you to do readings? I mean, if it does, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> um, no, no. I mean, I haven't noticed that. And, and you know what? Here, uh, here's the thing. I don't believe in competition like at all. Um, and, and the reason I don't is sometimes somebody may want to come to me for a reading next time they might go to Victoria or they might go to Nicole or they might go to whoever they feel drawn to. Um, and I think that's actually the beautiful part of spirit is, is they will bring people to who can in that moment help them. Um, so I'm never worried about, about that at all. And, and I, I also think if at some point no one shows up for readings and I'm just meant to do something else. Well, you're still teaching yeah. though, which yeah. is a, a lot of work in and of itself. So yeah, I was, and I, I was, love 
it's trying to be silly. Oh, so it, it's, it's not like a pyramid thing where you get 10% of their reading. Oh, you know? there you go. So. I just couldn't do, I, you know what? I can't do MLMs. I, I could oh. never. <laughs> Primerica of psychic readings is not happening for me. Oof. Well, and we all, I tried we, that stuff when I was much younger. Was like, no, it's, yeah, we yeah. all read differently because the people, I've only been doing it professionally, if you want to call it that. I hope she's not in the chat. <laughs> well, if they are, I'm doing it for fun. I'm doing it to help you. <laughs> anyway, um, and they're like, what What are you doing? I'm like, oh, yeah, cards are flying out. You know, I look like a blackjack dealer. I'm like, oh, did you want me to do a spread? <laughs> no, it doesn't work that way for me, at least. Yeah, okay. everybody, everybody's totally different. One of my good friends, he's an amazing card reader, and he just sits there with a deck and just pulls out cards that he feels drawn to, and mm -hmm. and that's how he reads. The person doesn't even touch the deck; they don't even doesn't use spreads or anything. It's pretty cool. Yeah, and you know, they're. I think it's more accurate. Yeah. You know, yeah, you got to go with what you like. You feel drawn to. Everyone has a process <laughs> with psychic reading, so yeah, everyone's a little different. Out, yeah, what your process, what your formula is, and then just like run with it. Yeah, I know. Mike feels the energy or feels. Is that That's what right. You remember. Yeah, it's it's um, you know, when I'm doing <laughs> tarot, I spread out the cards mm. and I'll pass my hand over the top. And it's it's almost like a little puff of air. I feel like oh, a little puff cool. of air. And like, oh, that's the card that I have to draw. And there we go. That's, that's funny because I feel like magnet. I feel like, you know, I'm being sucked down. So it's funny I, that you feel a puff of air. I think that's super yeah. cool. When I'm doing cards, I don't do cards professionally anymore. But when I'm doing cards, I just get this feeling like, okay that's enough shuffling and okay you're pulling from the top of the deck now or or whatever so i think we all have our own ways of doing it it's fun yeah so uh good question here from natalie mcvicker she asked matthew how if at all do you handle psychic guilt i've had readings when warnings have come up or i've seen things happening to people those visions come to fruition and i feel awful so i don't experience psychic guilt um I did. I did at one time because of the exact same thing that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And when I was young, um, I decided that I did not want to bring through things that were what I call terminal information. So terminal information is bringing through something that cannot be altered. So death or, you know, like really like meant to happen, terrible things. Um, and, and so when I said I'm not doing that, I'm only going to bring through things that people can work with, that they can use within their life, that kind of went thank god um i have had moments where i feel like um um like not not so much from from readings or clients ever but um with people in my life where i got a bad feeling about something and i didn't say anything i've had it a little bit with that but the way that i work through have worked through that is just in understanding that even if i would have said it um who, what could they possibly do or you know, were they even going to listen? Like I felt the pandemic coming in, in the beginning of 2019. And as the year went on, it, I could feel it getting closer. Um, but if I would have said, Hey guys, something really terrible is about to happen. <laughs> uh, who would have listened and what could have been done about it anyway? That's kind of where I sit with that. You could have stockpiled toilet paper and water. Yeah. Right. Millions. So. <laughs> would have been about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just got busted from saying that about my friends. So, <laughs> sorry. Oh. They're, they're in chat. <laughs> oh. No, they're good people. So. But but to Natalie, Natalie, don't feel mm -hmm. awful about it. It's just one of those things like, you know, I think maybe the reason you're able to see it or perceive it, um, it is just that maybe you're meant to help in the aftermath of it as well. And sometimes that can be a thing too. 
Yeah, no, that's, that's a good point. And there's there's other ways I around that. And um, you know, thank you for all the uh, wonderful advice that you've been giving everybody uh, this evening. We really do appreciate. It. We have about five minutes left in the show, so I want to make sure everybody knows where to uh, get a hold of you, how to find it. Because I mean, we've talked about it throughout the show, everything that uh, that you have coming up. And if you guys have any last moment questions, we'll take maybe one more if you have one. But um, you know, we can, we can find you at matthewstapley.com or all of your courses accessible through there, the events you have coming up. Because I, I noticed you you know posted some stuff on Facebook as well. Yeah, Facebook is definitely the place to be <laughs> if people want like to know when my courses are. Every Monday night, I do like free live readings. Every Friday night, for the most part, I do like craft night where we just do craft projects and talk about life and sometimes inappropriate things um, <laughs> in the funnest possible ways. Um, yeah, so all everything's always announced through Facebook. I haven't even updated my website in way a long time. I should, should probably do that. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, okay, so here's that uh, last quick question. Sure. Uh, Aaron Bush, what is your favorite way to ground to protect your energy? Uh, great question. So um, my favorite way, I like doing the roots meditation. That's probably my favorite way of grounding. Um, protection for me, it's just like a, a knowing, <laughs> it's just like a knowing that it's there. Um, I wish that I, I had something more exciting <laughs> to answer that question with, but, uh, I think the main thing for other people though, if they're looking at how to best ground and protect their energy, it really is just about what you feel works for you. And what the most important part is, especially of protection is that, you know, it's going to work now, whether that's stomping your foot on the ground, burning some sage, whether it's, I don't know, rattling pots and pans around, like whatever you feel is going to be protective for you. You just have to know it's going to work. If you know beyond a doubt it's going to work, then you're protected. Yeah. It's like, it's like the, your faith. Your faith yeah. is protecting you. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, and that's something that I've always... Because um, people ask me when I go out on paranormal investigations, what I do to you know protect myself, what I recommend you know other people to do to protect themselves. I was like, well, it to me, I think it's all intention. You know, it, yeah. you know, you're putting out intention that I'm going to be protected in this environment. Whatever your faith is, whatever your belief system. If you think it's a, if you think it's a crystal, an amulet, you know, a prayer, whatever. If you wholeheartedly believe that's going to protect you, then then it will. Yeah, exactly. That's my my exact thoughts on it too. Awesome. Awesome. So, uh, Matthew is a really great having you back this evening. Um, you are know, always, a, <laughs> you're always, always wonderful to talk to. Always have, uh, such amazing advice and insight and, um, uh, you're just such a kind hearted fellow. So oh, really appreciate you. it. Well, thanks for having yeah. me back guys. It was a true pleasure as always. Well, it's good to see you finally. You too. Yeah, and, uh, and your cat yep. <laughs> and the cats. And uh, we have people uh, in the chat saying, you know, went by too quick. Uh, absolutely. It really did. It well, you really, uh... Matthew's um, Friday night, I'm just going to call it a shindig. <laughs> it is so fun. I mean, he's doing crafts or whatever. And, you know, it, the time goes by too quickly. So it, it, it's, it is fun. I love it. You is. Know that- what I love about it is just being able to interact with everybody. Cause on Monday night when I'm doing oh. free live readings, there's been between four and 700 people at oh, one wow. time in the live. Yeah. It's crazy. And so that's the, a lot of people. Yeah. The comments are just flying by. So I don't really get to like hang out with anybody, you know, it's just, uh, bringing through messages, but on Friday nights I get to hang out with people and talk to them and read their comments. And I love it. It's, it's super close to my heart. 
That's really sweet. That's really sweet. All right, everybody. MatthewStapley.com and jump on his Facebook. All these things that he's talking about, you do you know, most of that on Facebook, right? Yeah, pretty much all of it. Every time yeah. I try and cheat on Facebook with another platform, it never works. <laughs> <laughs> they know. <laughs> all right. Very, very cool. Well, again, Matthew, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Thanks, and uh, we'll have to have you back again uh, sometime after the new year. Sure. Sounds good to me anytime. Take care. All right. Take Thanks. care. Bye. Have a great night. Bye. Bye. Night. I the moment I fell down, down the rabbit hole.